better than proactive. Announcing all new Proactive Plus, the revolutionary new way to clear your skin from the number one name in acne care. Proactive Plus is our best, most effective solution ever. And when you call 1-800-757-7025 today, you can have it tomorrow. Proactive Plus is the modern acne miracle that treats your skin beautifully. The plus means more. More precise, targeted medicine for faster, gentler acne prevention. And more skin-loving solutions so your complexion can look bright and beautiful. I am just so happy with Proactive Plus. I don't think my skin has ever looked this good. Call 1-800-757-7025. Be one of the first to try Proactive Plus. Guaranteed 100% risk-free. You won't see this limited-time offer on TV. It's a radio exclusive. 1-800-757-7025. 1-800-757-7025. Hello, this is William Eastman, your host for a revolutionary new approach to small business success. Richmond Biz Live on WLEE 990 AM. Join us every Saturday at 10 o'clock for one hour of engaging and informative solutions to achieve your dream. You can start by checking out our website at richmondbiz.com and download your program schedule. Do something important for yourself and clear your calendar. Join us every Saturday at 10 o'clock on WLEE 990 AM for the most important hour in your week. This, this is WLEE News Talk 990. Good morning and welcome to Richmond Biz Live, uh, the show that is growing Richmond's economy one business at a time. And you can join our conversation at 844-249-5483. That's 844-249-5483 or 844-BIZ-LIVE. I'm your host, William Eastman, Managing Partner at the GrowthWorks, a Richmond-based uh, growth company, and we have offices in Richmond, Kansas City, Missouri, and you got to say Missouri, not Missouri, Las Vegas, Nevada, and Calgary, Alberta. Um, and like I said, our mission for the show and a theme that we're going to repeat is that we're helping grow Richmond's economy one business at a time, and here's your opportunity to be that company. So again, join us at 844-249-5483. Again, 844-249-5483. Okay, so what can you expect? Well, there's three things that we cover every week. Um, one is knowledge, and that is we have a, a library of best practices of companies that were able to sustain, achieve and sustain fast growth. And so everything we do covers that knowledge base. Uh, number two is that uh, we talk about the techniques of pulling that off, and that's why we have local thought leaders, uh, people who are uh, local to the Richmond market and recognized for their areas of expertise to talk about what techniques, the, uh, techniques they use uh, to employ these best practices in their companies. And number three, we have a set of tools. And for those business owners that are into a do-it-yourself approach, um, you can download tools from our website, richmondbiz.com, um, and we keep the... Uh, website uploaded and current all the time. Uh, so anyway, uh, we're operating how the, the show works. We operate on two-week cycles. Last week, we, had, we talked about small business finance. We talked about branding and strategy. We talked about marketing and sales. And we talked about the issue of the owner as an executive. Uh, this week, to kind of complete the process, is we're going to be talking about the owner as a thought leader. And uh, the company establishes a brand, but what about the... Uh, the owner establishing a brand for the company and for themselves. Uh, we're going to be talking about operations and the issue of whether you produce something or you execute a service, the need for quality at a reasonable cost. The third show is going to be on IT, 
And how can an, a, a, a small business look large to its, comp, uh, to its competitors, to its customers, and to its suppliers? And we're going to do that in 10-minute segments, and then we're going to close out with a featured guest. And the fun this week is the featured guest is actually going to be a concept that I want to introduce to you called the 5, 15, and 80. And the, the question is going to be, where are you? Okay. So let's talk about this week. This week we have uh, Mary Foley, and she's going to be talking about owner as a thought leader. Andy Schulich is going to be joining us, and he's going to be talking about operations and efficiency. Uh, we Tran is going to be talking about IT. And then uh, the good news for everybody out there, the people or HR segment, I'm going to be talking about in terms of how to get people back into the game. Now, the premise of the show and why we put it together was what do we do with Saturdays? And typically, my Saturdays, I'm looking at four things. Are we on plan, which talks about sales? Are we on schedule, which talks about production? Where do we stand in our cases, which is service complaints? And where are we in terms of uh, budget or finance? And so after 35 years, what I realized that all of us have exactly the same challenges. So every Saturday, uh, get your company on plan, on schedule, your cases handled, and on budget by joining Richmond Biz Live at 844-249-5483. And now what I'd like to do is introduce my uh, first guest, uh, Mary Foley from Bodacious Ventures, and she's going to be talking about the power of the owner as a thought leader. Welcome to the show, Mary. Oh, great. I am happy to be here. Okay. And uh, so let's see here. Let's t- tell me a little bit about Bo- uh, Bodacious Ventures, which is an interesting name, by the way, for a company. <laughs> yes, I always get a comment. I like to say you can say it fast or you can say it slow, but you cannot say Bodacious without cracking a smile on your face. So, um, well, I am all about increasing busy women's career confidence. And I do that mainly through live programs, be it in person or online. I also do it through mentoring. And, um, you know, I, I help women both who are working in organizations as well as working for themselves, so entrepreneurs and small business owners. And one thing I've found is that often there is a lack of full confidence in their ability to really proactively communicate their contribution to their organization that they're working for or the value that they're bringing to the marketplace with their small business. And I like to call it muster in your mojo and marketing your value. And it's really a huge part of being a thought leader. Um, I've done it for myself, for my own business. And um, out of that, I've, uh, people have asked me, women in particular, entrepreneurs, will you help me do the same thing overall that you're doing? And so... I, but I want to know. I want you to know that mustering your mojo, marking your value, is not gender specific. Yeah. I mean, this applies. These concepts applies to all small business owners. Um, and I'd also like to say it's great to be back on air with WLEE. I was here for three years um, with my cohort Susie Galvez here at Richmond. Uh, we did a show, Girlfriend. We got to talk, um, and we were focused on sharing our expertise, you know, for sanity, confidence, and fun, as we said then. And uh, it's, it's, it's really a great medium, and it's a fun one, and, uh, and it's glad, good to be back on air. In fact, I remember that show. I had listened to it a couple of times just going through the dial and said, they're having too much fun. <laughs> we and were. The, the thoughts of starting the show actually uh, germinated. The seed of that germinated listening to you and Susie on the radio. Now, it took good. me a couple of years to figure out how to apply it. But anyway, let's get into well, the subject of thought leadership. I will, I will. I want to comment. I love the idea of Richmond is Live. And the reason is, is because it is truly about strengthening small business in the RVA region. And I just think you're very generous to do it because you've got all these years of consulting. You're also generous to uh, ask me and other uh, segment experts 
to uh, here in the RVA area to lend their, um, you know, their knowledge, their expertise. And uh, I, I think it's the right show at the right time, and no one else is doing this. Um, so I give kudos to you. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that, Mary, because this really is a test. We think that there is a new venue out there uh, for radio, and that is the and get away from politics, because I think we've saturated the market with politics. Well, we got we got plenty of outlets to, to do politics, right. particularly on the radio. And, and, we don't have something specifically for the RBA small business owner. And by the way, we will not do politics on this show. We may have some <laughs> conversations about economics uh-huh. as we get closer to the election later in the year, but there will be no politics uh, on the show. So there may be some office politics. We oh, okay. talk about HR. Oh, but that's anyway, right. It's a different that's, one. That's a different one. Uh, I'll have you in for that show. <laughs> okay, so let's 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 define what we talk about. So okay. let's say thought leadership. What it, what is it, and why is it important? Well, um, I was driving. This was years ago, but I was driving on I ninety five from actually the Northern Virginia area up to New Jersey, and at one point ninety five. Um, and there's some here around Richmond, you, know, you get a bunch of billboards. And there was this one billboard that really stuck out to me. It was totally white and had this simple black lettering. And it said, don't advertise. Success is overrated. <laughs> and then in smaller type below it, it said, and if you don't agree, call this number. And I thought, that's brilliant, because they were trying to sell advertising space. That's a that's a marketing company to hire. I, it, I, I it suspect is. Mike Carroll wrote that. Yeah, it could have been. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, uh, th- it was a really simple way to do a brilliant concept, brilliantly done, co- simple but powerful concept. If companies, if people don't know who you are, uh, they can't buy from you, they can't hire you to do any kind of work for you, they can't do business with you. Now, the thing is, though, is that today, fast forward, because that was a number of years ago, at least 10, is that uh, marketing, advertising, reaching that customer base has shifted and evolved and changed. Advertising is still a part of it, but um, the, the idea is that you've got to create a relationship with the people you want to connect with, i.e. your target market, and you've got to create interaction. Relationship is about interaction. And so the idea is, is that in any relationship that you build, billboard or not, people are asking themselves when you're interacting with them, wh- what, should, what is this about? Why should I care? So what? So, you know, you have to proactively answer that. So what mm-hmm. question? So what about your life insurance, the business broker that you have? So what about your IT services? I don't, you know, does it make any difference to me and my business? So what about your HR consulting? So we have to strategically, proactively answer the question, so what? And that's where the idea of sharing your expertise comes in. And uh, if you can be top of mind to the people you want to reach in your target market, of they have that uh, through sharing your expertise. That's the goal of being, and, and that means being a thought leader. You want to be that top of mind, and um, that's a huge competitive advantage to be top oh, of is. mind. Well, let's talk a little bit about expert because that seems like a, a loaded term, <laughs> and a lot of people, yeah. you know, if you've got a website, you can say, hey, I'm an expert. Right, well, uh, uh, you know, it used to be you know, 15, 20 years ago, you know, the joke was an expert is someone from out of town with a PowerPoint, okay? Um, but today, an expert is someone who knows far more than their target market and shares it in multiple ways. So you, do you have to be the, quote, the expert, the all-knowing person on your topic of what, uh, you know, your business provides and products and services? No, you better be pretty darn good. But the point is, you've got to know far, you're going to know far more than the people 
that you serve and who buy from you and hire you. And that's truly what it is. So like an insurance broker, they need, they're going to know far more about what are the kinds of services um, for what kind of brokerage, life insurance, for example, um, what are the different types, what would suit you best. An IT person is going to know, an IT company is going to know. They're going to know far more about how to assess as a small business, their small business needs and then uh, make suggestions. So every single small business has far more expertise than who they're selling to. So, uh, Mary, so how do you become a thought leader? <laughs> well, let's see. We only have about two or three minutes left, so I yeah. just want to wave my magic wand. And, um, but uh, really, that's what this segment's all about. Um, and so I want to, every time, share some easy, practical ways that you can get started to create, to become a thought leader. And it, you need to start by capturing bites, small pieces of your existing expertise that you have as a small business owner, and every small business owner is an expert in some way. You've got to wrap your head around that. So here's two easy ways to get started. One is to create a list of the top ten questions that people ask you when you're talking about your products or your services. What is that list? You can create that as a small business owner and start it, but ask your team if you've got those to draw upon. Think about your existing marketing materials you already have. Can you convert that into a question? Because those, the things in the marketing materials ought to be speaking to that. But, and if you don't know, if you can't come up with a total of 10, ask your best clients. When you first started working with us, when you first started learning about our product or service, what were your questions? So come up with a list of 10 questions. Then write down the answers to each question. And you have to write them down. Don't say, oh, I know the answer. That's not good enough. You're creating content. You've got to write it down. You may later on use it in a conversational form, or you may use it in another yeah. form. But the other thing is, so much times when people write it down, they put it in their marketing materials, it is jilted, stilted kind of language. doesn't connect with the person. Write it in a conversational tone. Use the word Y-O-U a lot. Because you're talking as if you're talking to that person, and and so that's how we're gonna. That's how you get started. And then in a, a future segments where you have me on, I'm gonna give some next time the easy ways. How can you take those top ten questions and start to share them proactively with your target audience? Yeah, that's great, Mary. And by the way, how can uh, how can people get in touch with you? Well, people can go on my website, maryfoley.com, which is M-A-R-Y, and then it's F is in fabulous. F-O-L-E-Y dot com. And now, thoroughly Irish, by yes, the way. Yes, exactly. I used to say F is in Frank. I'm like, why do I use a man's name for Frank? You know what? Anyway, F is in fabulous. So, and, and, and I would encourage people to look at this not as, gee, I need more. I'm a woman. I'm not a woman, and I don't need confidence. No, that's not it. Look at my website and what I'm doing as how, is, how am I propagating, positioning myself as a thought leader. But here's the other thing I want to throw out is that in future segments, I'm going to give examples of real RVA businesses doing thought leadership well, sharing their content well. And so you can email me if you have any suggestions at mary at maryfoley.com. Mary at maryfoley.com. I might be featuring your business on a future segment. Thanks, Mary. Thanks for being on, and we'll be right back. Great. Hi, Mary Foley here. If you're a small business owner in RVA, you're an expert in something, be it building websites, selling insurance, or HR consulting. Are you proactively sharing pieces of your expertise to attract new clients and keep existing ones? Well, that's what thought leadership is all about. Join me on Richmond Biz Live Saturdays at 10 on WLEE News Talk 990 for easy ways you can use thought leadership to grow your business. As a business 
business leader, have you developed a highly productive work environment? Do you create a work-life experience that is self-motivating, enjoyable, and rewarding for your fellow workers, vendors, suppliers, and most importantly, yourself? To navigate to a pleasurable work-life experience, which will provide the means for you to have a fantastic full-life experience, contact me, Andy Schulich, for a free consultation on the web at Metamorphosis MC. And we're back. And uh, before we start, again, if you want to be that uh, one company that we're growing today um, as part of our mission to, to improve Richmond's economy one business at a time, give us a call at 844-249-5483. That's 844-249-5483. My next guest is a business colleague I've worked with for a number of years, Andy Chulik from Metamorphosis uh, Management Consulting. And Andy's going to be talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that is the issue of production efficiency operations. In other words, if you make something or you deliver services, Andy's the man. So, Andy, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Bill. This is an enjoyable uh, event that I'm glad to have uh, been able to participate in. Okay. So let's get right to it, Andy. What's the biggest challenge in obtaining a very positive operational efficiency? Because that's where we we really want to go in small business. Small businesses do not have the advantage that large companies do, and efficiency is an area where there's money on the table. Right. Um, well, first, I'd like to go ahead and start with the definition of operational efficiency uh, so that we're all thinking in the same terms. And that definition is providing a consistent quality level of product or service in the most cost-effective manner. And that's really important. And cost-effective means applying financial analysis methods to determine the better process flow, specific process steps, and operational policies to be employed. So based on that, uh, one of the biggest thing is, uh, challenges you have is to go ahead and identify and have the time in your business to do it. And unfortunately, most people don't take the time to do that, so they're missing out on a big part. Because if you can make your business more efficient and effective, Every dollar that you save goes directly to profits, and that really helps us because this means we get a higher return per investment hour. Right, and in fact, that's the the whole concept here that Annie and I are going to hammer over the next couple of months is that there's money on the table, and you're leaving it there. Uh, Andy, you talked a little bit about negative efficiency items. Uh, uh, what about that? Well, the negative efficiency items, what you have to do is look at your process and determine what type of processes you have. And usually start with a, what we call a workflow uh, diagram, and that goes ahead and identifies your processes and what order they take place. Then when you identify your processes, you look at them and say, okay, what's impacting me positively and what's impacting me negatively on it? As an example, uh, you might be doing something out of order, and that would be a negative impact. Or you might be doing something that creates waste, which means then you have to go ahead and uh, produce more product to supply the demand in your order. So it's very important to be able to go in and identify those items and then go ahead and use financial analysis to determine the cost of improvements and then to prioritize those because you only have so much time, as we know, and this is taking additional time, so in doing so, you have to put a priority as to which one's going to give you the best return on investment, not only in dollars and cents, but time and possibly, uh, most importantly, customer satisfaction. 
And uh, Andy, on the issue of cost improvements, I know that uh, just a note for everybody is that Linda Heath, I think in her third or fourth show, is going to get go after that particular topic itself to take a look at what are the costs of improvements and how to gain that uh, financial return. Right. That's very good. It, it all plays together. Nothing is isolated. Everything is integrated. So when you're looking at your business, especially in operations, you have to look at people, processes, uh, materials, management of money, your facilities, and uh, quite a few other uh, types of information because it all comes together to make the whole. You get a demand or an order in, and you have to do something to produce the output. Yeah, Andy, um, I know we didn't have it as part of a topic, but could you, uh, in the next, say, 30 seconds to a minute, uh, tell me a little bit about lean and how you view lean manufacturing because that seems to be the vogue right now in process improvement. Right. Uh, lean came out of a long uh, uh, development of quality assurance initiatives that started many years ago. And basically what lean is is going in and saying, what is the best way to do this for the situation at hand? And in developing that, it gets you more efficiency, effectiveness, and provides you with your higher returns on your investments, and you get the most out of the work that you're putting into the operations. Okay. Um, and so, and once these items are addressed, um, uh, do you have to revisit? Is this something that you consistently have to come back to? Uh, yes. Um, when you go in and do an improvement, it's very important that it is well documented and personally that everybody understands how to use it. Now, as time goes on, we all know that change happens every day. And in this change, you have to react to it. Some of it is internal change, say, I want to develop a new product, I want to invest in new equipment. External change might be some governmental regulations that you have no control of and you have to do it. So in doing so, what we want to do is to go ahead and constantly review and, very importantly, measure your results and analyze those measurements so you can go ahead and continue to make improvements based upon the changes come down in the future. Andy, talk a little bit about your background and your career because I know that you've, um, yeah. you've done this once or twice. Yeah, I've, I've had the fortunate... Uh, uh, situation where I work for an a international corporate um, manufacturer, high-speed manufacturer, and the uh, lean-type environment was very important because I started out in my uh, career, the equipment made 4,000 units per minute, and when I left, I was, uh, it was doing 20,000 units per minute. So if you're down for one minute, um, the cost of sales could be tremendous, but also the waste could be very tremendous. So it was very, very important that um, everything was, as we called, lean and mean to go ahead and be able to maximize that. And a lot of it included not only equipment, but also the education and understanding of the workers that were implementing the equipment. And it wasn't just uh, a uh, direction from top down, it was a collaborative effort from everybody that worked on the process to come up with the best uh, solution to any problems or changes that needed to be. Yeah, and Andy, that's been my experience uh, with lean manufacturing, and that is a lot of small business owners say, look, I don't have an engineering degree. I don't have an engineering department. The reality is that lean works best when it's done by the front line 
and you do not have to be an engineer right. to pull that off. You just got to know what it is that you're making and have some simple tools. Yeah. So if you were providing advice to business owners, which you are, where should they start? Um, they should start, first of all, and I truly believe, to go ahead and have faith in the people that work for you and to go ahead and get solicitation from them because they are on the front line, per se, and they see what happens. The engineer is very important, is needed, because they have the knowledge to apply possibly the solutions or technology to the um, problem. But the people on the line are the best to identify what we call the root cause. Yeah, and it's a, you know, it's, you know, the, in large corporations, this conversation would be about process reengineering. Right. In small businesses, the challenge is you don't have a process to reengineer. Right. So many times you're taking what is kind of folk law about how we make something, and then we kind of turn it into, by mapping the processes you were talking about, we turn it into, oh, so that's what we do. And then eventually we, we train people, right, on how to use these tools. And then finally they go, well, this is a much more efficient process, more directed at providing great service to the customer or meeting the customer's demands in terms of features. Uh, so it's certainly doable, right? Oh, in small business? Definitely. Yes. Because the one key thing you can do in, in small businesses, you can have a very short meeting once a week and basically ask everybody, what is your major, major challenge for this week? And then you document that and you eventually, over time, see which of the challenges are reoccurring. And those are the things you need to really address. And that's how you identify your major problems. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of bringing discipline to how you make things or how you provide services which is sorely lacking in most small businesses, but I'll get that in a little bit. Uh, Andy, um, in, in the closing uh, minute or so, how can people get a hold of you uh, and find out more about operations and efficiency and lean and quality and all the things that you do? Uh, I can be, uh, go to my website, www.metamorphosismc.com. And uh, this will allow you to go ahead and get in touch with me uh, on there. It shows some of the things that uh, I provide and do. And um, just contact me through the information on there. I'd be glad to talk with you. I'd be glad to come in and sit down with you and, uh, for a free consultation to see if you have problems, what they are, and what we can do to resolve them. Uh, Andy, thanks a lot. And by the way, on our resource page at richmondbizlive.com, uh, I'll have some more information about Andy and uh, today's presentation. So, Andy, thanks for coming in. Looking forward to seeing you in two weeks. Thank you, Bill. And i got a client down in Roanoke that needs to talk to you. Okay? <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Have a lovely weekend. And so, yeah, I, 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 just, I, I don't think I can overemphasize the, the, the issue of, of bringing the techniques and the philosophy of lean manufacturing to small business. And when you hear the word manufacturing, don't get turned off by that. What we're really talking about is a concept about how to do things how to run things. And so, and I'm going to use that kind of as a segue because one of the ways that I can run a more efficient operation is how I apply IT and information technology. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's a really a subject that I have delved into. And I'm like most business owners, I'm a reasonably good consumer, but I'm not necessarily an intelligent purchaser or builder. And so to take care of that, uh, we've got a colleague of ours from Firestarter, uh, uh, Wee Tran, who's going to come in, and he's going to talk about how to be, how to look and appear and operate big when you are a small business. But before I go that, 
Uh, we talked a little bit about yourself and about the Firestarter Grouper. Hey, Bill. Thanks for having me on here. Um, so, myself, I am the IT and web director with the Firestarter Group. Um, at the Firestarter Group, we're a branding development firm here in Richmond. We help businesses build their identity, and along with the marketing and connecting customers to your business, uh, we also work on the business. So through technology, we help your business be more innovative and be more efficient. Okay. Okay. And uh, how about the concept of, uh, of, of being small but looking big? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's um, it's a big thing, you know, because per- perception is a big key, you right. know. And so for a small business, as you're getting off, you want to, you, you, you want to come off perceiving like you have everything lined up and that, and, and that you know what it is, um, you know, around your business, around your customers. So, you know, to just kind of get started, I find through our experience, we found that a lot of small businesses would tend to have the following problems when you're starting with technology, which is not enough funding. We find that um, a lot of business owners are either bootstrapping their business or they have limited investors. Right. And so with that, they don't have the money to invest into physical infrastructure, let alone license for softwares. Right. Then the second problem is they just don't have enough time. Business owners are busy, and we're really glad that business owners are busy because they're working on generating more business. However, when you're busy generating more business, you don't have time to maintain the technology. With servers and networking equipment, that takes time to actually maintain. Oh, trust me. Trust me. I so know that. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean... Troubleshooting something you think can only take two seconds, but actually takes two hours. Yeah, two it, hours. Yeah. We, we and I tr- traded emails at three o'clock in the morning last week on a on a topic related to this. So yeah, I know what we're talking about. <laughs> right. um, you know, so the, the third problem that I find facing a lot of business owners is just they just don't have enough expertise. Um, technology is complex, and technology is a field that's forever growing, it's forever changing. And so, if for a business owner who's Focusing on generating more sales, you may not have the time to research technology or to fully understand it. And, you know, and then me working in technology for such a long time, you hear terms that get thrown around like server application connection, programming API, networking and switching routers. It's just a bunch of different terminologies that for a business owner who's focusing on sales and growing the business, it's a lot to comprehend. Yeah, I mean, I want... I want my stuff to work. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I use the scientific word of stuff. So let's talk about stuff. What are some of the stuff solutions yeah, out there? Absolutely. So I'm going to talk about two of the bigger um, or at least two solutions that a small business owner can actually use and implement right now. Uh, the bigger of the two I'm going to talk about is cloud technology, software as a service. Basically, this is software or all you need is a web browser. You know, there's no... in. In the days of old, you would have a desktop application like Excel. You find yeah. that a lot of small businesses run their business out of Excel. and they A do lot of mid-sized businesses run their business out of Excel, and that's why SAP it makes a living. Yeah. yeah no, I, I <laughs> <laughs> the spreadsheets won't talk to each other. Exactly. Exactly. And so now, imagine you can take each function of your business, each department, each aspect of your business, and there is a cloud technology for that. So let me tell you what cloud technology would do for your business. The three areas I talked about, money, time, and expertise. Well, cloud technology is going to save you money. It's going to save you time. It's going to save you expertise. Let me tell you why. Save you money because cloud technology completely changes the large investment that you would have spent on buying physical equipment up front. Now, 
you can go to a, a, a company, buy into their service, pay monthly for it. Now you're paying monthly at a much lower price versus all the funds up front. Example, you find a CRM um, business or CRM company that is hosting your service for $10 a month per user versus spending $3,000 on physical hardware. Great example. Um, the next part is saving time. So with cloud technology, if you were to go to a website, sign up for cloud technology, you can be up and running in minutes. Versus if you were to justify funding on buying new hardware, installing the software, configuring and setting up the software, and then finally using it, cloud technology is going to save you four out of those five steps. And lastly, um, back, it, you have the support of experts. That's what cloud technology does. You, versus a small business that has to maintain physical infrastructure, you can always pick up a phone, call the cloud company, and ask them for support. They're here. They have mm -hmm. experts. They have more IT staff there to make sure that those servers are up and running versus just you or maybe another person in your company you know, to manage the infrastructure of your company. And, and what's interesting here, um, as we move on to uh, the, the mobile issue, is a good friend of mine is CIO at Media General. Media General used to own the Times Dispatch. Now they move mostly into communications and own a number of TV stations. They have no IT staff. They outsource everything to either independent consultants in the area or to the cloud. And so if they can do it, uh, it's, it's something that's available to every small business owner, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, Amazon is really hyping up their cloud solutions. The exact same technology that they use to run their large enterprise, they're actually sharing that technology with everybody else, with all the other businesses. You can actually rent their servers and pay by the hour versus paying for your own. Yep. Okay. What, what about uh, going mobile and the issue of uh, scalability, the ability to grow the business? Yeah, absolutely. So in today's world with technology, what it does is it allows you to grow your business from anywhere versus having a actual storefront. Now you can actually take your business and be mobile. As I mentioned before, cloud, all you need is the web browser. So now if you have a web browser, internet connection, um, laptops, tablets, uh, smartphones. Yeah, smartphones, yeah. You know, like, like the one we're looking at here. <laughs> you can run, I, my, my dream was always to run the universe off of a, at the, at, at the time, a PDA, as I'm kind of dating myself, but the run the universe of a smartphone was always my dream. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are technologies now to where you can manage full-blown infrastructure straight out of your smartphone. Okay. And so to be able to manage your business mobile, it's a very key thing with it. Um, talk to me about the third one here, open source, which I am a huge proponent of. Sure, yeah. So open source technology, it's basically it's software that is publicly accessible. So there are companies out there that will offer you th their technology for free. And the reason why is you know, they, they either want testing for feedback, they want market share, just to be innovative. But the whole point is that you have access to enterprise-level software at not the enterprise-level price. So a great example would be Microsoft Office, which is about $200 per license. There are, you can use LibreOffice or OpenOffice, which does the exact same thing, has the exact same look for a free cost. In fact, I've, I'll jump in here because I'm a huge Linux owner. I, everything that we run right now is run on Ubuntu, and we use LibreOffice. Uh, but I run a huge database of those best practices, and we run it out of Calc, which is their version of Excel, right. and we run it out of Base, which is their version of Access. 
I, I we do use SQL sometimes, but pretty pretty much I can run a huge research operation out of Calc and Base, and it was free. Yeah. So for a business owner, like I said, funding if funding is your problem, look at cloud technology and look at open source technology. Okay. Uh, so uh, uh, we some tips. What tips do you have for the listener to get them started um, thinking about how to how to become big in the eyes of the customer suppliers by the effective use of technology? Sure. So some tips that I have for you small businesses out there is if you haven't moved to the cloud already or if you haven't started thinking about it, start thinking about it now. Start going Google, research cloud technology, research um, whatever function of your business that you need help with, for example, accounting or customer management, research accounting cloud technology. Find the technology that's going to work for you. Do a trial. A lot of these cloud services are actually free, or they give you, or they offer it for free if, you're, if your company has a limited amount of users, or they give you a 30-day trial. It doesn't hurt to just try it out. Um, the second tip I want to offer you is just be flexible. And today's technology allows you to be mobile, and if you're not mobile, then you know, you, you can't run your, your business as, as efficient as you want it to be. So be flexible with it. And lastly, automation. Cloud technology allows you to automate tons of different aspects of your business. And if you can have multiple hands to help automate things, then you can go back to focusing on what's important, which is you growing your business. Awesome. Uh, we. how do people get in touch with you? Yeah, you can get in touch with me by going to firestartergroup.com. Um, contact us there. Give us a shout, and we'll be... More than gladly to come out, do a consultation with you, give you our pre-assessment on your brand, on your marketing, and of your technology. That is awesome. I greatly appreciate it. And uh, looking forward to seeing you in two weeks, my friend. Great, Bill. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll be right back. My name is Hui Tran, IT and Web Director of the Firestarter Group. With over 75 years of collective experience, our team of experts work relentlessly to uncover your organization's unique identity, focusing on the most effective means of communicating your brand. We believe successful branding establishes an emotional connection between an organization and its target audience. Today's old business models are over. It's time to rethink your business. Welcome to Firestarter. Visit us at firestartergroup.com and richmondbizlive.com and take our complimentary 30-second brand audit to gauge where your brand is at today. Hello, this is William Eastman, your host for Richmond Biz Live on WLE 990 AM. You know, when I prepare for my segment, Owner as Executive, I am acutely aware that this is the number one obstacle to business growth. So, why don't you make an appointment with me every Saturday at 10 o'clock to help you grow with your business? It will be the best 10 minutes of your week. Well, speaking as uh, executive as owner, uh, let me pick up on last Saturday's show a little bit because it's a lead-in. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm doing the uh, HR segment here uh, this week, and the reason for that is that I want to, I want to talk about the relationship between leaders and followers. Um, uh, I, I and I use that word. I'm trying to use that word kind of technically. Uh, the deal is, is that the people who own the business are trying to provide direction, and they're looking for people in the organization to follow, but to follow with initiative follow with creativity and follow with commitment and really use their own brains, what we're going to call smart work. Uh, how does that happen? And so uh, last Saturday, I, you know, when I talked about executive as owner, uh, what I covered were two, were two areas. And, and what you'll notice with everything that we're doing in all the segments, we have basically two key things in each segment. Last week I talked about 
the owner manager uh, manager involvement and what's changing in that up till now that most owners who are in this leadership role run a hub and spoke system in other words they're the hub and everything uh, emanates out from them and kind of like spokes of a wheel well as the company grows as we talked about last week uh, growth puts demands on the business and you cannot run a business that way at some point we call it the founder trap the reason why a lot of small businesses get to a certain size and they just cannot break through the ceiling is because the owner is either unable or unwilling the the position I'll take doesn't know what they need to change to so therefore they don't do that okay and then the second thing we talked about and we talked that whole thing about is it's building processes and becoming a manager of process rather than a supervisor of people and then the other thing we talked about is really creating a shared work vision about what we're trying to do as a business and where we're trying to go what I call smart work so when people have a some time on their hands and they've got to make some decisions about what to do now or what to do next or they're in a crisis and what's the right decision if they don't have a shared work vision you almost can't trust them to make the right decision and so now I want to talk about the other side of that I was talking about from the leaders perspective now I want to talk about that from okay I'm on the receiving end. I work for you okay and so how do we work on that so the two issues this week are going to be collecting real-time customer data which is going to be essential for building the relationship as well as if I'm going to manage processes how do I know how well it's working and then number two how do I create support for corporate objectives um, now there's an assumption made here and uh, Eric uh, will be talking about this in the strategy in the strategy sessions but you actually have a set of corporate objectives that turn into goals for individuals in the organization and so those are my two themes now let's take real-time customer data what I mean by that is that as the owner you get out of your office this is not something you're going to do in the cloud and uh, you can do it by phone my, my recommendation is you get out of your office and you have frequent scheduled and unscheduled meetings with frontline people and customers and what are you doing you're getting the context to what's going on and you're getting the true vision now sometimes you now for example um, with the t uh, with the visits some of these visits are scheduled in other words I'm you know, people know that once a week I've got a remote office that let's say is in Petersburg I'm once a week I'm going to go down there and see what's going on in Petersburg or uh, once a month I touch my key accounts and I stop by and I see the owner in other words I want to put together a schedule of frequent visits where I go and I go face to face with frontline people and with customers I also want to have what I call tours um, and it's and it's exactly what it is except you're not on vacation but that is where I showed up I show up unscheduled I go see people that weren't expecting me to show up in their office or go see customers that weren't expecting to see me and the reason for that is I may be getting a dog and pony show when they know I'm showing up as opposed to that tour and I show up unscheduled what am I doing here one of the things I'm doing is trying to find out what is really going on in my business and as you move from supervision to the building of processes this is one of the ways that you stay in touch because the number one reason why business owners do not get focused on building processes and they try to maintain control by supervising everything is their fear of not what of not knowing what is going on so this is a way of working through that the other third thing I'd recommend here is the issue of feedback and I would have formal me feedback meetings I would schedule those and I've done those in the past where 
I get people together and say, okay, for the next hour, I want to talk about how the business is running. And specifically, I want to talk about how easy or difficult is it for you to do your job. You think about it, in most organizations, am I successful because of the organization or in spite of it? And my guess is the answer is in spite of. Even if you're running a great business, business owner, let me tell you that if you haven't asked that question, I bet you people are successful not because of what you created or how you lead. They're successful because they figured out how to work around it. But I also want to do this with customers. I want to talk, formally bring customers together, whether I bring in a number of customers together or I hold a meeting within the customer's account. And what I want to do is I want to find out how well we're doing. Uh, some of the best ideas for improvement in my business, you know, Andy was talking about um, operations. We're talking about lean. Well, one of the characteristics of lean that really makes lean work is the fact that it's all based upon customer feedback. In other words, if we got a step in the process that the customer wouldn't pay for. Now, think about that for a second. I have a step in the process. Could I put that on the invoice and would the customer pay for it? If the answer is no, then it better be a step that you've got to engage in, otherwise you can't do the work. Because if the answer is no to that, then you are adding cost to the operation and time, and what is that doing? It's hurting your margins. The only way I'm going to find out is to get face-to-face -face with customers and do that. One of the things that I would recommend that I've done is I have a quarterly luncheon with key accounts. And I say, how are we doing? And what can we do better? Now, the one caveat I'll give you is that you had better do something with the data. Uh, don't collect it and then go back to ops normal. And so, anyway, I think that's common sense. All right, so let's talk about the other part of this people equation, and that is how do I build support for corporate objectives? Well, one of the things we know about work is that for work to be meaningful to people, work must have a purpose. There must be an intent behind a job. Um, people need significance. If you look at how most people spend their lives, they spend more time employed uh, at their place of employment than they do with their family and friends. And so for a lot of people, their meaning for who they are comes from their professions. So part of this is not just getting people on board for what we're trying to create as a business, but it's providing them the significance of how are they making a contribution to something. And so, so my view is work, no matter how well it's done, has no value if it doesn't contribute to the business objectives. I could have people who are doing masterful work, and it's, we are not, it's not helping us um, satisfy customers, it's not helping us improve quality, it's not helping the dynamics that are going on between people in the organization. In, my, in that case, that's an organizational hobby. You are not contributing to what we're doing in the business. And we're going to talk a lot more about this in strategy, but and when you talk about objectives in an organization, you, can t you basically can put them into five groups. You, there's financial objectives that the company has, there's sales objectives, there's production or operations objectives in terms of uh, building things. There are customer objectives in terms of how satisfied the customer is or is not with what you're doing, and there are people objectives. And so what I want to do, my job as the owner of the company, as an executive of the firm, is to share that, to give them context so they have some meaning because business is a great game, the pro and we business owners know how much fun it is to play and win this game. The challenge we got is we don't have anybody else playing with us. You've got to get the employees in your company going into the game of business, and they're having as much fun as you are. And you know what else will happen? 
Uh, they're going to be more productive. They're going to be happier, and you're going to make a lot more money. Okay. Uh, so, uh, in closing on uh, on this whole topic area is that is that you got to get out of this hub and spoke type of uh, business model in terms of how you lead, and you got to manage processes. And we are going to when we get into the operations piece, we're going to hammer on this hard. Okay. Uh, it this requires from the business owner a different type of engagement from telling to listening and inspiring. Uh, number three is going to the source to get your business information. You, you're going to have people telling you stuff. You're going to have to uh, evaluate that. And if you know what's really going on, then you know who is doing good work for you and telling the truth. Okay. And then number and the last piece is you've got to constantly reinforce the value of work and by relating it back to business performance. Okay. Uh, my next people segment in two weeks, I'm going to be talking all about goals. We're going to be talking about quality goals, and that's just not around production. That's around service, and we're going to be talking about accountability. And so what that gets me to is, um, as we have a few minutes here before the end of the hour, um, the featured guest this week is not a person. It's a concept, and it's the concept called 51580. But before I go there, um, if you'd like to get involved in this conversation, and this may be a good one because the question I'm going to ask you is, where are you? Um, I would recommend give us a call at 844-249-5483. That's 844-249-5483 and join the conversation. And by the way, if you if you notice on the en- if you're a if you're a music buff on the entry of the of the show and the and the exit of the show, the theme song is "Turn of a Friendly Card" by Alan Parsons. Now I won't get into why I love the Alan Parsons band. Um, and the fact that our Alan Parsons is an engineer geek and doesn't play anything, kind of like me. So he's got his own band, and he can't play an instrument, can't write music. Kind of cool. But the reason I picked Turner the Friendly Card is that most entrepreneurs, most business owners, live under the concept of the next card is either going to save me or it's going to put me out of business. And I want to get away from that because what I want to do is I want to be more proactive rather than playing poker every day. Uh, because I, when I started this business, I started in Las Vegas, and people, and I lived there for a year. And people were like, "Well, um, you know, you, you know, did you gamble?" You know, and I said, uh, "I'm in business. I get all the gambling I want daily. I, I don't have any need to take any more gambling on with uh, the rarest of resources called money." And so, let's talk about business itself, and let's get out of the gambling mode, and let's talk about where are you. And then how do you move that company forward? So start with the concept of Pareto. Everybody knows the 80-20 rule, right? You know, if you, if you were looking at your sales, you know, probably 80% of your sales is coming from 20% of your clients. If you looked at production cost, 80% of your costs are coming from 20% of what you make, etc. It's a naturally occurring thing um, out there in the universe. Well, I want to take this a step further because actually you can look at the 20% just a little bit differently and say that within the 20%, there's actually a 5 and 15 cut. So now let me talk about what I mean by that. This started with research that I got my hands on a few years ago when we opened the Kansas City office, and we were partnered with the Kaufman Foundation. And what they were doing is they were looking at what they called high-impact firms, uh, uh, companies, small businesses that were coming in, growing very quickly, and what they were doing is they were adding jobs. And the, the focus of this was... These are the comp- type of companies that you want to create with incubators. These are the companies that you want to use your tax, in- tax incentives to bring in because they're job creators. Well, I, I'm not in that business, so I don't have any concern about that. I took a little different spin on it, and I drilled down on the research, and then we looked at what we did as an organization and said, 
really what we're talking about here is 5% of the companies are basically market leaders and market dominators. I mean, they've got their act together. They're making good money. Um, and they're top of mind with the customer. In other words, when you think about a particular product or service, they're the first thing you think of. And these companies are doing very well. And their core issue is how do I sustain that? How do I keep it? How do I hold on? Now, let me go to the other side of the equation. What's the 80%? The 80% are those businesses that are barely hanging on, that their survival, um, that they are one or two turns of a friendly card away from going out of business, and that these companies are not badly run necessarily, but the issue is is that they've got to the point where they cannot grow anymore without substantial changes by the owner. And that is the focus of what we're doing on this show, is what are the substantial changes that have to be by the owner. And so there's the 80% of population, and then the 15%. And the 15% in the middle are those businesses that are doing okay, but if you said, well, how are you going to blow it out? What are you really going to do with this company? They don't know what those one or two next moves uh, might be or could be. And so as we talk about this, the theme of this show is going to be 15, 5, 15, 80. Our emphasis right now are on the 80% of those companies out there that are one or two cards away from disaster, and how do we get you out of that, and how do we move you into the 15%? So on the next show, what we're going to do is we're going to feature a Where Are You survey that we're going to have up on our website, uh, and that's richmondbizlive.com, where you can assess your business. So thanks for joining. I hope you had a great Saturday. Do not miss us on WLEE News Talk 990 a.m. at 10 o'clock every Saturday. And this is Bill Eastman. Wealth and prosperity to you. Revolutionary new approach to small business success. Richmond Biz Live on WLEE 990 AM. Join us every Saturday at 10 o'clock for one hour of engaging and informative solutions to achieve your dream. You can start by checking out our website at richmondbiz.com and download your program schedule. Do something important for yourself and clear your calendar. Join us every Saturday at 10 o'clock on WLEE 990 AM for the most important hour in your week. This is Richmond's home for money talk.